are you doing something for an outcome? Or are you doing something because you love it? And that's a huge difference because we are so trained to do something for an outcome and not necessarily do things or, or be part of things or experience things because we love it. And that's the difference really between the domain of the mind versus the domain of the heart. Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Lead with logic. Separate yourself from the problem. Do what you love. There are so many contradictory and confusing pieces of advice out there. In this episode, we cut through the BS and learn the truth about running a heart-centered business and using your intuition. Ulrika Sullivan is a former scientist and quote-unquote successful businesswoman who uprooted her life after hitting rock bottom to become an intuitive spiritual life coach and national best-selling author. She's a certified life coach, yoga teacher, energy healer, podcast host, and writer. Her passion is to help busy working women to reconnect with their inner calm and life balance. Man, we could all use a bit more of that. I left this conversation feeling a renewed inner trust and a fire to start listening to my heart, and I'm sure you will too. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ulrika Sullivan. I know that you started with one career path and made a shift. Yes. My background has not always been in this field as a coach, as a healer. I spent about 20 plus years in the corporate world as a scientist, businesswoman, you name it, like the definition of a successful woman, that was me. A few years ago, I made a complete shift. I actually hit a rock bottom. It it doesn't always have to be like that for everyone, but, but for me, where it hit the most, so to say, with my career, because I was completely identifying myself with my career. I did not really truly know who I was. Now I know who I am and what I'm here to do. When I help others who feel that there's more to life than living a life up in our heads. One thing that really spoke to me was how you said that you identified with your career. I was a swimmer and that was my identity for most of my life was an athlete. And when I retired from competitive sport, it was a huge grieving process and also kind of a rebirth. I know so many business owners get caught up where they fully self-identify with their business and the function they have there. How can we start to take steps away from that and start to find out who we, we really are inside. Mm. You know, where I start is slow down, first of all, and know how you got to where you are now. And what I mean with that is that many of us in whatever career we have chosen so far, we have many times followed a template, a way of relating to success 
as something that we see how others have done it, or there's a certain so, uh, expectation in society on how success looks like. But I take someone back to what they are naturally passionate about. And that is a little bit of a story for each person, because at some point in our lives, we adopted some expectations from someone else on how success would look like. But behind that is our own unique expression. And I take people back to their essence, basically, to help others step out of that template and that expectation or pattern, let's say, of habits or even assumptions and interpretations that we're making about ourselves and our environment of, of others and really challenge that. And then what comes out of that exercise, you know, this, this takes a little while, but simply it's to take you back to your essence, what you're good at naturally and what you're passionate about and, and then expand that from there. A lot of people are excellent in many different realms. And sometimes we get caught up in the joy of excellence as opposed to the joys that are truly within us. We like being good at things and it makes it a little bit more challenging to figure out, wait, is that actually a passion or do I just like being good at it or being praised for it? For those of us who may be good at something, but we can't quite tell if it's our passion, is there a way that we can start to listen or turn inside to begin that process? Yes. And that's also a very um, common trait to be kind of, oh, I'm so excited about everything. <laughs> the way you can determine whether you are excited about something you have learned or if you're excited about something that you have naturally is, would you do this thing if no one was here or around you? If, if it really comes to you naturally or you have it within you, you would do it anyway, even if it wasn't associated with success, associated with what can come out of it, uh, things like that. So the way to determine that is, are you doing something for an outcome or are you doing something because you love it? And that's a huge difference because we are so trained to do something for an outcome and not necessarily do things or, or be part of things or experience things because we love it. And that's the difference really between the domain of the mind versus the domain of the heart. That heart-centered living? Yes. The domain of the heart is always going to be the energy of what you love. While the domain of the mind, if you will, are, is going to put some conditions on it, whether it's uh, you do things for an outcome, accumulate money or prestige or whatever it is. It's always for something. While the domain of the heart is, has to do with unconditional love, which is not really, there are any conditions around that. And that's kind of the uh, nuance around it, which is, is hugely important. I think a lot of us get pulled between the two where we're so used to being in our head all day long. Should we try to find a balance between the two? Should one be more dominant than the other? I truly believe that we have 
our mind for a reason, right? We, we need our mind to survive and, and make strategies and, and all of that. If, if you are someone that has a, like a brilliant logical mind, you are trained to be using your mind, which many of us are, that is not a bad thing. <laughs> but on top of that is the energy of what the heart energy can add to that. And, and rather what we want to do is we want to lead with what we love, what our heart energy is, is telling us and let our mind to sit in the back seat a little bit, because there's so many times that we make up stories and assumptions, interpretations, and the mind is like so quick to do that, that would not support us. Really, And we know those times when we have negotiated away a great opportunity because, right? And that's the domain of the mind. But the heart will never lead you down the wrong path. Imagine that. If you were to live by your heart energy, you would be in, in the right zone all the time if there is something that's right or wrong. The thing is that the heart does not operate in the, in the zone of right or wrong. It just is. You so, have the word trust above your head and it makes me wonder if really the biggest challenge for people is to learn to trust that feeling in their heart. Yes, mm -hmm. that it, absolutely. And it comes with also the way we're living our modern lives are very, very busy. Mm -hmm. They're very booked. There are lots of, uh, you know, I can just refer to the life I used to live with multitasking, business travel, a full calendar. And, and we all can relate to being busy and also with information coming at us at all times. That's why my first thing is really to teach others and allow others, give people permission to slow down because it is that inner nudge. It's very subtle and listening to our own soul, basically, where we learn how to trust in a much greater way than before. And you mentioned this career transition that you made and kind of hitting a rock bottom for yourself. Did you struggle with this shift from being fully into your mind and moving more into a heart-centered living? Both yes and no, because there was a time. Uh, so what happened was that basically the universe orchestrated a major shift for me because it, it, I'm someone that doesn't like change. <laughs> but at the same time, I really needed a change. Basically, it was time for me to step into my life's work, which is what I do now. I, I hate to cut you off, but I think that's something that all of us really strive to find our life's work. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, the universe orchestrated this change for you. And I think most of us need the universe to do that because we don't listen. We're, we're so busy. Yes. And exactly. And that was one of the learnings I had to do, right? To really start to listen to uh, my body more. And uh, this whole transformation I did was I, I was challenged. I mean, it, it wasn't easy to make a transition from releasing all those expectations and patterns I built up. For example, if someone asked me back then what I, what I used to do for fun, I did not have an answer. 
Ooh. And so you can imagine how disconnected I was from my true self at that time. I was put in certain situations during this time, synchronicities basically, that gave me an opportunity to choose another path. And I took the opportunity because what happens often for us is that we are not learning from what we have gone through and we go another cycle. Mm. But I chose, I was ready, obviously, to, okay, I'm going to go down this uncharted path. So I, I chose to see it as an opportunity. What happened to me, I felt like things happened to me, obviously, at, at that time. But in hindsight, it was like the best thing that could ever happen to me. And that's often what happens, right? But I chose to see it as an opportunity. And it was a period of time that I resisted. You know, there's this going back and forth. Am I doing the right thing? Shouldn't I go back to my safe, secure, well, high paid career? Like didn't make sense to leave that safety. But I chose to kind of, okay, I am going on this uncharted path and uh, I'm willing to do that. And it was a point where I felt there is no point of return. And I write about it in my book as well, because what you're asking about is like, wasn't it hard? But after it was, but after this inner feeling of like, there is no going back, I knew that what I was supposed to do next. And, and that's, you know, an inner journey. Uh, uh, but it's also like why that was the whole reason for me going through all of that to find that feeling of now I know <laughs> what, what my life's work is. And of course, it's not like a flip of a switch, right? It's, it's an inner journey that takes slowing down and daring to listen to what your inner voice is telling you and, and be curious. And that's the, that's the essence. That's the energy of, uh, how we evolve, right? Being curious. What, what else is out there? What else is there for me? Am I willing to go there? And that's the word. Am I willing? So that commitment to myself that I felt this point of no return energy, my commitment to, to that path was like, there's no going back. <laughs> I'm doing this now. And, you know, we have felt probably some crossroads in life if, that way, if we, if we think about it, right? Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a crucial moment. In your book, one of the things you talk about is wellness. It's taking care of ourselves and how that can help us kind of on this inner journey to becoming more heart-centered. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. I believe that... There's so much more to self-care than going to get your nails done or all the things that we do for our external appearance. There's actually self-care for in our inner world. And that many women often uh, experience this. Okay, I'm going to do all of these things. And they, we put ourselves at the very bottom of the ladder, right? And, and so that was the case for me. Like I had all these things I had to do every day, taking care of the kids, da 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 And uh, in the evening, 
I felt, okay, now I'm going to take five minutes to myself. <laughs> and this had to change. Once I started to make more space for myself, and, and I mean space, like alone time, and putting that up on the priority list, I usually kind of picture a, a mountain. So we have to allow ourselves to sit at the top of the mountain of our own lives. Mm-hmm. That's when we can connect with our essence and our intuition, the, the unseen. Because if we operate from this energy of, okay, I'm going to have to do all of these things first, and then I'm going to, you know, look after myself. We never get to this connection with the wider, broader uh, energy that's around us and uh, listening to our true essence and intuition and all of those things, right? So self-care has to do with making space for yourself in your own life. And I know how hard it is for women to kind of, okay, I need space. Even, I mean, I had three young kids at the time and it was some hard decisions I had to make. And it's, it's about setting boundaries, basically, even if you are someone that everyone wants something from <laughs> every day. Yeah, I can so relate because I know there was a time in my life where I was so busy being everything to everyone else that I couldn't be anything for me. Being able to carve that space and, and time to be alone and reconnect with the self is kind of the only way to get back to who you are. It is. And it, this is not a like once a week kind of thing, even. It's, it's not something you do when an opening happens, right? It is a commitment to a different lifestyle, a different way to, for example, start your morning, a different way to see. It's a different perspective on how you approach your day. Someone like me who is struggling to find that time, who's maybe putting it in the calendar here and there, like you mentioned, but wants to begin this process of of taking that on on a more regular basis. Are there any tips or, or suggestions you have just to start taking those baby steps? Yes. First of all, it's, it's not always easy to do it yourself just uh, because it takes a um, a commitment to yourself and and a clear commitment to yourself. And that sometimes can be difficult to navigate. Like, what is this commitment to myself? How can I tap into this point of no return energy for myself? The advice I get is to start very small because often we get, you know, we have big plans on how our life's going to change, right? But it is in the, in the daily little nuances that you can change and shift this energy of busyness to listening to yourself. And for me, it started with my mornings. And as an example, way back then, I could have my phone on my night, nightstand. How many of us do, don't have the phone on the nightstand? And I had my to-do list with like 10 things and maybe three things I've already added over the course of the night that popped up. And when the alarm rang, I ran up, I ran in the bathroom, I took a shower quickly, I ran down, coffee out in the car and and drove an hour to work. And you can only, like me just describing this energy of, and so many of us 
can resonate with a busy morning, right? Or kids, they want, they run in the room, uh, want something first thing in the morning at 5.30. How many of us haven't had mornings like that? But where I started was I told my family, I need 15 minutes of space in the morning. And I am going to not set an alarm anymore. And I'm going to commit to sit up in my bed and meditate for five minutes. That was the start of putting myself on the top of my own mountain. And I committed to do it every day. And from there, it just grew because my entire morning shifted in terms of the energy that I brought to myself, but also to the rest of the day, to my family and the rest of the day. And a commitment like that can change so much in your life. I, I, it's a life-changing commitment, but it has to start in a realistic way, not like, oh, I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> do reconstruct my entire life all at once yeah right right and so that's what I'm supporting people with now to to be able to say okay what is doable here but most importantly how can you get to that commitment because we need to see the benefit before we actually can make a commitment truly and we need to understand like why on earth would I do that what comes with all of this is self-awareness because that's that really is commitment is great but if we are not learning anything about ourselves in the process nothing's going to change so the whole purpose of that little commitment to yourself is really to allow space to learn more about yourself and that's the difference often between someone who evolves and someone who does not evolve is that curiosity about ourselves and uh, asking those questions to ourselves. Because often it's everything else outside us that is either wrong or needs to change. <laughs> He's doing this to me. She's doing that to me. The world is like, yeah. In your book, you list there's seven shifts that we can make to start this journey towards becoming more self-aware and living a more balanced life. Can you walk us through those steps? The book is Wisdom Beyond What You Know. And the book is made of three parts. The first part I de dedicated to our mind-driven ways of living. And I, I brought out some very common patterns in terms of what, if we live driven by the mind, what that could look like. And it includes like people-pleasing and you know, ignoring our own needs, things like that. So I talk about that in the first part. The second part of the book is dedicated to the fundamentals of heart-centered living, which includes energy, being aware of our own energy, for example, becoming aware of tapping into our own body's wisdom, things like that. It's like that added layer outside the mind-driven world that we are so familiar with, but uh, connecting with nature, inspire creativity, things like that. All of what I'm saying now in, in very short terms is what we have available to us at all times, but rarely tap into. And then the third part of the book is really to take you 
through these seven shifts. And the first shift, for example, is from being disconnected to becoming self-aware. That's a huge step in someone's life to like, I was like completely disconnected. Like, Ulrike, what do you do for fun? I don't know. (laughs) To really stepping into my own inner power. And uh, prior to that comes the shift from going from uh, not being connected or committed to yourself, because without that commitment, we're going to stay in the comfort zone, right? So that's really the first shift, getting out of the comfort zone, which is a huge one for many. And then it, many of us are, are uh, codependent also. We, we are not sovereign. So the third shift is dedicated to releasing codependency in our lives and becoming sovereign. And if you imagine this mountain again, yourself sitting on top of your own mountain, your own life, being fully um, empowered. And that is part of being able to show up in your life as whole, a whole person. And you know what? As a new mom, I found it really challenging to start to see myself independently from my child and my husband, right? There's so much enmeshment there, but there's always this desire to see my child as her own self, as her own person, her own being. And in realizing that like she is not mine she is her own person and I'm just here to help foster her growth you start to look at yourself and go oh wait I am too <laughs> and it was like one of those moments where it was like oh I have to do the same thing yeah myself it's almost like reparenting it is it completely is and when you become a parent it's like you learn through your child in a sense like you said she is her individual I want her to be an individual but, and, and I, I too. So yeah, that's a beautiful insight of the desire you have for your child. You should, you would have for yourself too. I know we've become sovereign or started to identify how we can shift and, and take ownership of ourselves. What's the next shift? So this one is the, a big, big one, especially if we live uh, a lot in the uh, domain of the mind. And many of us love learning. We want to learn new things, new skills, you know, the courses, the retreats, the books, the everything, right? We keep learning, 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 which is awesome. However, if we're not embodying what we learn, it's not going to help us in the long run because it stays up here. All the learning we've done, it has to come down in the body. And it, we have to become it, basically. We don't have to, but it, that's part of the shift that has to do with really transforming all the learning we've done and see it as a continuous process rather than, because many of us stay in that, in that mode of learning. I'm just going to do this additional course or whatever. I'm going to buy those extra books or, uh, yeah, you know. So the integration of what we've learned, taking the time to actually, you know, do the exercises in the book that yeah. I provided, for example, that's just one thing. We want to read it, but do we want to do it? Do we want to become it? That's a different thing. So the shift uh, here is hugely important and doesn't have to be what's in my book, but it like anything, if you 
if we reflect upon how many times we've learned something and put it at the side and picked up something else instead, because that was the new shiny object, right? So that's, that's a huge piece. Now we have our logic, right? But some, in some way we need to shift from using our logic all the time to using and tapping into our wisdom. So that's also a shift in how, how do we do that? How do we tap into our innate wisdom instead of allow, like we're so trained again uh, to use logic to solve problems. But if we really tap into our body's wisdom, for example, our, uh, there's so much knowledge we have already and trusting that with things that we don't have to learn, things that have been passed down to us that are, you know, hidden treasures within ourselves. That's what we're doing here to tap into wisdom and knowledge that we already have. We don't have to learn. And that's a big opening for many to be aware of hidden talents, for example. Often we have sides of ourselves that we have just put aside because we haven't been asked to tap into them yet. And intuition is one part of them, that everyone has an ability to notice synchronicities and signs, but very few of us so far are, are taking time to, to kind of expand that that inner wisdom. It almost sounds like you need a little bit of, of confidence to even dig in and start to look for those innate natural gifts that we have. Because if, if we don't have confidence or self-esteem, why would I look within myself to see if there's something special there? Because I'm not special. Yeah. And, and also sometimes it does not require action. It requires more to sit back and observe. Mm -hmm. But so many are not comfortable with that pace that mm -hmm. we, uh, to allow yourself to sit back and, and observe what's going on rather than, oh, I have to go over there to do something, right? And it's the self-awareness and allowing yourself to, to be conscious in terms of what, what I'm choosing to, to be. Yeah, I can so see people resisting right? We're so used to the pace, this rapid pace that the world goes in our day-to-day -day calendar. And then if there's a moment to sit and reflect, it feels wrong almost now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if we have families and there are always things to need, that needs to be done. But the question becomes, what do I need? What do I need today or in the next hour? It doesn't have to be this life-changing, um, the next three weeks, I'm going to sit back and relax. No, <laughs> but it's this, these micro moments in our lives too, that can make complete difference if we allow them to. Um, and that takes me to the, the sixth shift, which is our mentality of, um, go get right. The pushing, pushing outcomes. I want, I know the right way versus allowing and it's through allowing and uh, you know attraction of that and many of us working with law of attraction and manifestation and all of that that's the energy of of manifestation instead of like in five years i'm going to <laughs> or yeah so it's an important energy shift within us that 
we allow. And it's an inner journey, right? It's um, something we need to explore what works for us. And that's the other key question. What works for me? Because so many are not asking themselves that question when they get an offer or something that sounds like an opportunity. It's on the surface and often as you, we began talking about like, what if I'm excited about so many things? But the question that a lot of people miss out on asking themselves is, is this really working for me? Is this what I want? And that's the question that often needs to be answered as well, because an opportunity can be awesome. It can logically sound awesome, but is it for you? <laughs> and that, yeah. that can help in the decision-making. And to sum these seven shifts up, we often see ourselves as human, as an individual. We talked about that earlier. And which is, which, which is great. We have our own unique essence, absolutely like that. However, what really hinders us from enjoying life fully is that we see a separation between others and ourselves or see a separation between what goes on in the, in the environment and ourselves, which is not really true, I believe. We are part of an ecosystem of energy and that includes everyone else. It includes nature. It includes all the, the different dimensions we're living in. And when we can see ourselves as part of that, we let go of some of that pressure of it's always up to me kind of thing, right? Because it's not always up to us as an individual. We can't allow things uh, come to us and we can allow ourselves to be helped in a different way than we have before. I, I was speaking with someone else earlier this week and we were talking about the concept of co-creation, co-creating our life, not just ourselves, but with the world around us. And as much as we have to take aligned action, a lot of times we also have to have some trust and faith <laughs> that someone or something else is, is going to give us a push too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and, and I mean, that, that last shift is, is what we all are working on, right? The complete way of living in, in harmony and balance with ourselves, with others, our environment. That's, that's really a, a, our life's journey. If you could give maybe some entrepreneurs and small business owners, busy yeah. entrepreneurs and business owners who are in that mind domain. They are go, 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 busy, no space, no time to reflect, delivering, producing, but they get a feeling that they need to stop and turn inside. They know that they need a change, but they're not quite sure where to start or how to take the first step. What advice would you give them? One thing that made the complete difference for me when I started my business and for anyone really that I'm working with is find, and I'll tell you in a second how to do this, find out how you run energy, your unique energy imprint, because you can learn how you optimally is designed to operate in this world. And from there, how your business is optimally going to work for you based on your energetic imprint. 
because if we take the example of the go-getter entrepreneur, right, which many of us are, there are people who are energetically designed to be a go-getter, if you will. But then there are other people who are not. And those are the ones that are feeling struggle, that are feeling resistance and getting exhausted often, which means that the template <laughs> that is out there may not fit you. Because if you're struggling, like if you're listening or watching this, if you are a struggling entrepreneur, that you feel exhausted, that may mean that you're working against your own energy. And there are other ways you can step into and align with your own natural energy and your business will flow from there. So I have spoken many times to entrepreneurs and that's the first tip I give everyone. Find out your natural energy imprint. And that can be done through the three systems that I work with are astrology, human design, and the gene keys. Just through any of these three systems, you can learn how you run energy, what your strengths and weaknesses are, how you interact with others optimally, and um, the dynamic for your decision-making. Because it's not the same for everyone. It makes huge difference for someone to know that and including myself, I personally experienced and when I learned first about my, you know, number of years ago, my whole uh, world changed in a way in how I operate and that is now flavored through my business and it's, it's, a, it's one of harmony than frustration and resistance. I recommend to get a, a reading, whatever system you're attracted to. I would get a reading from a certified uh, person. It can be life-changing for your for you and your business. For our listeners, where can they connect with you online and learn more about you and your services? Yes, you are welcome to visit my website, orikasullivan.com. And you can also visit my book page, which is wisdombeyondbook.com. And my book, Wisdom Beyond What You Know, How to Shift from Being Driven by the Mind to Living from the Heart and Intuition is a really great starter, if you will. If you want to truly expand yourself to start living from the heart with more ease and flow in your life and your business, this is a, a great first start. I always recommend my clients to read the book first because then we can just you know, start at a different level together. And I'm on social media. Rika Sullivan on Instagram is my favorite, but I'm also on Facebook uh, and LinkedIn. And you can just search for Rika Sullivan. You'll find me there. Ulrika, this has been wonderful. I feel honestly like I've learned so much and I am ready to start making that commitment. And I'm sure some of our listeners are ready to commit to themselves too. Thank you so much for your time and insight today. Thank you so much. This was awesome. This was a beautiful conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.